Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 194 of the podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, I am recapping this year's NBA trade deadline. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the big trades. The Nets and Sixers made the biggest splash of all this deadline as they swapped stars James Harden and Ben Simmons, two of the most polarizing stars in the NBA. After weeks of the Nets denying any friction between them and Harden, they moved on from him. And I really do like this trade for Brooklyn. Not only do they get Simmons, a younger star, they also get Seth Curry, one of the league's best three-point shooters. I mean, when Joe Harris gets healthy, the Brooklyn Nets are going to have two of the top five three-point shooters on their roster, and that's how you win championships. You surround your superstars with shooting. Ben Simmons is going to come to the Nets, and he's going to play with both Joe Harris and Seth Curry, who he's familiar with. And they also acquire Andre Drummond, who at this point in his career is a way better option as the backup center than Blake Griffin. The Nets need to stop relying on Blake Griffin, and they need to stop relying on LaMarcus Aldridge. Andre Drummond is no longer the all-star player he once was. I mean, clearly he's a bench player now, but it is still a nice pickup. He's way better than Blake Griffin, and I think he's way better than LaMarcus Aldridge. The Nets just got both deeper and younger, so in years to come, they can still be very good. There's no longer this short-term window for the Nets. I mean, Ben Simmons is still a really young player. Kevin Durant is aging, Kyrie Irving is aging, but Ben Simmons is still a young star. I mean, right now the team is in the midst of a 10-game losing streak, but I think these moves are going to get them back on track. You need to get Durant healthy. You need to get Ben Simmons to play basketball again. You need to see Seth Curry and Joe Harris play. But if all of those pieces come together, which I think is realistic, I think the Nets could still come out of the Eastern Conference and make the NBA Finals. And then for the Sixers, Harden and Embiid could form one of the best big man guard duos in all of basketball. The Eastern Conference just got a lot more interesting. You have the Bucks, Heat, Sixers, and Nets. James Harden has put himself in an awkward position of needing to win a ring to justify his actions. Getting traded from Houston is one thing they were bad, but Brooklyn is supposedly where he wanted to be. His reunion with Kevin Durant did not work out the same way his reunion with Russell Westbrook failed. And Daryl Morey needs to justify his obsession with Harden. There is a part of me that understands Harden's frustration with the Brooklyn Nets. You have the whole Kyrie vaccine controversy, but now he's out of there and needs to win desperately. If you really take a step back and think about it, it's shocking how often the former OKC superstar trio have switched teams. I mean, Durant started with the Thunder, then he went to the Warriors, now he's on the Nets. Harden started with the Thunder, then he went to the Rockets, then he went to the Nets, now he's in Philly. Then you have Westbrook, who was Mr. Oklahoma City Thunder, then he went to the Wizards, then he went to the Rockets, and now he's on the Lakers. I know some people are down on this move for Philadelphia because they don't like James Harden, but think about this. The Sixers basically went from having one superstar to another superstar. They now have Harden, they also have Tobias Harris, they have Doc Rivers, one of the best head coaches in all of basketball. This should be a team to win a round or two in the postseason. I don't think the 76ers are going to win an NBA title with James Harden, but I do think 
this makes them better. This trade makes sense. I will, however, state this. It would have been way better for the Brooklyn Nets to keep James Harden and trade Kyrie Irving. You can't tell me otherwise. If they had been able to keep James Harden and then add Ben Simmons, I think the Nets would be able to win an NBA title. But because it's the reverse, I don't see the Nets winning a championship. Kyrie Irving needs to be able to play in playoff home games if the Nets are going to win a title. And because he can't, and because it seems like he's never going to be able to, that's still their biggest issue. They did not solve their biggest issue. Let's talk about another surprising move. The Mavericks have moved on from power forward Kristaps Porzingis. They move him to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Burton's. Porzingis in three seasons with the Mavs failed to play at least 60 games, something he's failed to do since his second year in the league, and Porzingis hasn't played in 70 games since his rookie season. This one hurts a lot because a lot of people, including myself, thought Doncic and Porzingis were going to be the next coming of Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, and they never played enough games together to figure out what their potential was. As for the Wizards, I'm confused a little with this move. Is this supposed to make Bradley Beal want to remain a member of the Washington Wizards? Because I don't think it moves the needle. You've now tried to form duos around Bradley Beal. You brought in Russell Westbrook. That really didn't work out. You brought in Spencer Dinwiddie and Montrez Harrell. That didn't work out. Now you're just throwing at a dartboard and bringing in Kristaps Porzingis. There doesn't seem to be a plan around Bradley Beal. And I get it. Maybe they just think Bradley Beal is going to stay there out of loyalty. But if I'm Bradley Beal, I want out of there immediately because they don't know how to build a winning roster. It's not about forming a good duo with Bradley Beal. It's about forming a good team around Bradley Beal. Let's get back to Porzingis. Porzingis was once famously dubbed a unicorn by Kevin Durant and has not had the career we all expected. Yes, he has nice stats, but I don't think he's a franchise player. I know Knicks fans were upset they moved on from him, but he was never going to be the best player on a winning basketball team. The Mavs now got some help for Doncic. Dinwiddie, who two years ago averaged 20 points per game with the Nets, and Bertans, who is one of the best stretch forwards in the league. He's a career 40% from free. Yes, both are having down years. Dinwiddie is averaging only 12 points this season, and Bertans is shooting only 31% from behind the arc this year, but playing with Donchins is likely going to get them to be reinvigorated. The way I feel about Beal and the Wizards is the exact same way I feel about Donchich and the Mavs. It's not about forming a star duo with Donchich. It's about forming a good team around Donchich. Remember, the Mavericks won an NBA championship with Dirk Nowitzki being the lone superstar, and I think they can do the exact same thing with Luka Doncic. Build a good team around him. That's what's most important. You don't need a star duo. Porzingis was not the right fit. He was never going to be healthy to form that duo anyway. Build around Doncic, and he can win you a round or two, and then if you're a good enough team, you can surprise and somehow maybe win an NBA championship in the next year or two. The Bucks just won a title with Giannis Antetokounmpo as their lone superstar. Yes, Chris Middleton is a really good player, and the Mavericks do not have a Chris Middleton type, but they don't need another superstar around Doncic. They need to build a really stellar team around Doncic. Moving on from Porzingis was the right move. I mean, I, I follow the Mavs, and it feels like Porzingis misses games, then he comes back, then they look excellent, and then he misses some more games. You can't win basketball games without continuity, and you 
can to build rapport around your star players. I don't think this is a diss towards Porzingis. I do think he's a unicorn. He has a very unique skill set, but he doesn't play enough basketball games. Availability is the best ability. Let's talk about a trade that dumbfounded many of the basketball experts. Earlier in the week, the Sacramento Kings traded Tyler Halliburton, who in his first two seasons in the NBA is shooting 41% from free, and Buddy Heald, who is a career 40% three-point shooter, to the Pacers for center DeMontis Sabonis, who is averaging 20 points per game and 14 rebounds per game. For the Pacers, they now have a stellar group of perimeter players. Not only do they bring in Halliburton, who at some point could become the face of the franchise, they also have Malcolm Brogdon, one of the best two-way players in the game. They bring in Buddy Heald, who is a lethal three-point shooter. The Pacers are on the right path to building a formidable roster. They have Miles Turner, who is still a young, developing center. I mean, this team could be a really good contending team in the next few years if Halliburton becomes what most experts believe he can become. And they also have Rick Carlisle, who is one of the steadiest head coaches in NBA history. He, of course, won an NBA championship with the Dallas Mavericks. For the Kings, this leaves them with De'Aaron Fox, one of the best young and up-and-coming point guards in the NBA, and Sabonis, one of the best young big men in the NBA. Next year, they need to get their act together and make the postseason. They have not been to the postseason since 2006, and for some reason, once again, they did not trade Harrison Barnes. This Kings franchise and their decision-making makes absolutely zero sense. Let's talk about the team that I root for, the Boston Celtics. I'm, of course, interested in the moves they made at the deadline. They moved on from two of their key bench players, Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder, and they bring in point guard Derek White from the Spurs and bring back center Daniel Tice. What I like most about these trades is you traded two players who are not signed long-term and brought in two players who can be a part of your future. White and Tice are each signed on for three more years. In recent years, the Celtics haven't had a consistent core around Tatum and Brown. Brown and Tatum have been the two consistents. You also have Marcus Smart to that mix. Those three players have played with so many different iterations of this roster. At points, the roster has been filled with veterans. Then at other points, the roster has been all young players. Now they have a good mix. They are mostly young with some veteran players. I like that they brought in two guys they had no interest in keeping for the long term, and they brought in Derek White, who seems like he's going to be a good fit with Tatum and Brown. And then you also have Daniel Tice, who I thought was a really good backup center his time with the Boston Celtics. I think he's a better center at this point than Al Horford. I know Al Horford puts up some nice numbers from time to time, but I think he's a little washed up. I like bringing back Daniel Tice. I also like the fact that it seems like their two-star players, Tatum and Brown, like these moves. You need to please these players because it's all about them wanting to be members of the Boston Celtics for the foreseeable future. Right now, they are in a seven-game winning streak, and I think making these moves help your team to keep the good times rolling. And I get it. I know what Celtics fans want. They want that third star player. But what I think they should want and what the team needs is a deep roster. Yes, I'd like Bradley Beal to join the Celtics, but I'm not betting on it ever happening, and I don't want to trade my entire core to get Bradley Beal to the Celtics. I want the Celtics to be a deep team that's built around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and I think they are close to achieving that. It would also be great now that Schroeder and Richardson are gone to develop your young players. I want to see if Payne Pritchard really is a 
backup point guard caliber type of player, or is he just the 10th man off the bench? The same for Aaron Neesmith. I mean, the guy is a shooter, but he just hasn't gotten enough consistent playing time. I want to see what they have in these young players that they've drafted. When you talk about the NBA trade deadline, it's always interesting to note the teams that did not make moves, and one glaring one is the Los Angeles Lakers, who are struggling mightily at the moment, and most likely they were unable to make a significant move because no one is going to trade for Russell Westbrook. He is at his lowest moment since joining the NBA. He is complaining about playing time. He is not putting up the numbers. He is one of the worst three-point shooters in the NBA. That situation with Westbrook and the Lakers is not going to get any better, and no team wants to be in that situation with Russell Westbrook at this moment. This is a guy who's fallen. He's a former MVP. He's a triple-double machine, but now he's just an unwanted massive contract that nobody wants on their hands. He's the same as John Wall. Those are the two contracts in the NBA that nobody wants to touch. The other teams that did not make moves include the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Chicago Bulls, and the Golden State Warriors. They each failed to make a move. And yes, these teams are very good, but I think some of them should have made moves. And I think the Bulls in particular should have made a move. And I have a player I think they should have acquired, point guard Dennis Schroeder. He he had his best year under Billy Donovan, who is the current head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Lonzo Ball is out right now with an injury. I think that team needs another scoring option. DeMar DeRozan is carrying that team, and how long can that ride last? Especially in the postseason, which DeMar DeRozan has struggled mightily in. They need more scoring options, and I think Dennis Schroeder would have been a perfect fit for the Chicago Bulls. As for the Warriors, I I understand why they didn't make a move. They're trying to readjust and get Clay Thompson back into action. They don't need to add more supplement pieces to fit around their team. That team, if Clay Thompson can get back to Clay Thompson form, can become a legitimate title contender come postseason time. I'm just someone who doesn't care how good your record is. I think you should make a move at the trade deadline if you're a team that considers themselves to be a title contender. You're telling me you can make one simple move that might help your roster. I just think you make that move and it sends the message, we are the real deal. Remember, the Miami Heat, who didn't make a move at the deadline this year, the year that they did make moves when they brought in Jay Crowder, they went all the way to the NBA Finals. By bringing in both Crowder and Andre Iguodala, those moves were able to make them go over the top, and I think the Bucks and the Heat should have made moves to get better than one another. They are trying to get back to the the NBA Finals, and I think the way you do that is you make small moves. Yes, the buyout market is going to come out, and all of these players are going to want to come to Miami, and they're going to want to come to the Milwaukee Bucks, but I think you send a message when you make a trade, we are the real deal, and we believe in this roster, no matter how good the roster is. Let's talk about the big winners of the deadline. For me, it's the Pacers. Yes, they moved on from Sabonis, one of the best bigs, but they also added Tyler Halliburton, who's only 21. Buddy Heald, who is only 29 years old. This season, they can try to make a run to the playoffs. Overall, though, their future looks really bright. And then you have the Nets and the Sixers, who turned a really bad situation into a decent trade for both teams. Overall, it's really good when the NBA trade deadline lives up to the hype. I mean, so many years, you get all these rumors, and then nothing ends up happening. Like in former years, you would get rumors about superstar players, and this year's talk has been dominated by Ben Simmons. 
Simmons. It's been dominated by James Harden in recent weeks. It's been dominated by these big names. And the fact that these big names moved is good for the league. You need the NBA trade deadline to be important. Because as good as the actual basketball games are, the NBA is all about the hype around free agency and player movement. You need that to be a vital part of why your league is successful because it gains our interest. We want to have the talk. We want to imagine Ben Simmons on all these different teams. We want to imagine James Harden on the Sixers and then for that to become a reality is super special. Yes, we used to love loyalty, but we don't love loyalty anymore. We are obsessed with player movement. I mean, how bad would it have been for the league if Ben Simmons had sat out this entire season after all that talk about Ben Simmons? It would have been a gigantic waste and so anticlimactic. Now we get to see Ben Simmons play with Durant and Irving, and I think the best possible outcome would to see the Sixers and the Nets play in the NBA playoffs. Sign me up for that immediately. The animosity between Durant and Harden would be so strong, and then Simmons between the Sixers. He would want to prove them wrong. That's everything I wanted more from an NBA postseason matchup. I desperately want to see the Sixers and Nets face each other in the playoffs, especially if it's in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what the NBA does. It gets you hyped for matchups you didn't even want. That's why player movement is so important. It reinvigorates NBA fans for the end of the season. Yes, we're all hyped for the postseason anyway, but now that these moves have been made, we want to see these matchups and we want to see if these moves are going to work out. And some of us are rooting for these moves to not work out. I know tons and tons of people who want Harden and the Sixers to fail because James Harden is a polarizing player to say the least. Me personally, all my rooting interest is in Ben Simmons as a player because I think he was done wrong by Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers. I still think it's laughable that Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers put all the postseason blame on Ben Simmons. Like he's the only one who messed up that postseason. So yeah, I'm kind of rooting for the Sixers to lose in the first round and for Ben Simmons and the Brooklyn Nets to at the very least make the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I'm rooting for. And that's what these trades made possible, that that could happen. I get to see Ben Simmons try to prove the Philadelphia 76ers wrong. And it's those kind of trades that make the NBA trade deadline the best trade deadline of all the sports. The NFL, nothing ends up happening. Major League Baseball, there are some minor moves. Yeah, some big-time players get traded, but we don't have any emotional feelings towards them. I have actual feelings about Ben Simmons going to the Brooklyn Nets. I am rooting for Simmons against his former team. I want Ben Simmons to show the world that he is still a star player in basketball, and I want to see if he is a star player. I'm super excited to see Ben Simmons get on the court. Player movement in the NBA is so exciting because they're not just moving scrub players. They're moving former MVPs. James Harden is one of the best scorers in NBA history. He is now on his fourth NBA team. That's exciting. We want to see if Harden can finally prove us all wrong and win an NBA title. The trade deadline this year lived up to all of our hype and all of our imagination and more. It is everything we could have wanted from an NBA trade deadline. And now we are all super hyped for the NBA postseason. I know I am. Again, I'm rooting for Ben Simmons. I'm rooting for my Boston Celtics who made big trades. You always want the teams that made the trades to do well because you want the teams that actually made the gutsy NBA trade deadline 
moves to be rewarded for their efforts. Yes, I always root for the teams that make the trades because I think the trades are necessary to becoming an NBA championship level basketball team. The team I'm rooting for are the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe.